0: Hey everyone, this is Lynn Barton and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. or on the web at su.edu slash apex. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. All right. Well, welcome in, everyone. It is a Thursday afternoon here at the Apex Hour, and I am so excited to continue the conversation that we've been having on campus today. We are joined on campus with speaker and memory expert, Bob Cattell. Welcome in, Bob.
1: Well. Thank you for being welcomed.
0: (laughs) That's a perfect way to start. We're welcoming you and enjoying you. You have been just so generous with your time and your service and just what you're sharing with the university. And I'm so excited to talk to you this hour. So let's get going. You have spoken all over the world in so many places, and I wonder if you could just give us a little snapshot of uh, you know, some of the things that you've done so our audience can get to know you a little bit more.
1: Well, what I did was you know, I missed a couple field goals against Arizona State, but I guess we'll skip that part. <laughs> anyway, when I was in college, my senior year, I heard a, a tape by Zig Ziglar. And Zig Ziglar at the time was one of the greatest motivational speakers on the planet. And it resonated like you will do this one day. Wow. And one of the things he talked about is I will get prepared. Perhaps my chance will come. So for whatever reason, I just started preparing. And I started memorizing quotes and reading books. The TV went off. I didn't see TV for 10 years, but I listened to every motivational speaker I could find. I listened to hundreds of tapes. Uh, I practiced talking every single time I could get in front of somebody. And then one day I found this book on memory, how to memorize. My GPA goes from 3.0 to 3.8, and I go, how come everybody doesn't know how to do this? And I had this idea. I was getting my master's uh, degree, and I said, if, if I were to teach 200 students how to have a better memory, would that be worth three credit hours? And the professor said, well, absolutely. So I walked into an anatomy class on campus. Oh, And I said, uh, can I have five minutes with your class? Because I teach memory skills. He said, sure. All 200 of his kids came, including the professor. He called me two weeks later. He says, you've created a problem. I said, what? The class you taught just blew the curve on my other two classes of 200 students each. And they're begging me to have you come speak to them too. I remembered something else Zig Ziglar said. If you want to get experience, go do it for free. So for over the next year and a half, I taught 3,000 kids for free how to have a better memory. Wow. And I graduated and I thought, I wonder if people would pay for this. So I actually started by selling door to door.
0: No way.
1: I went to a junior college, door to door, selling memory. And I'm going, I'm making more money in an hour than I do anyway. Ended up taking it to universities all over the country, over 100 universities, Which opened up doors, which opened up doors, which opened up doors.
0: That's amazing. Well, I have two follow-up questions. First, when you felt that first sort of zing about motivational speaking, what was it? Was it the being on stage and sharing? Was it that, what was it that really turned you on? Do you remember?
1: It was just one of those things that resonated. It just resonated like, you will do this one day. And I had no idea what that meant. It's just when I get those little zings, I just go follow them. And then one of two things happen. Something happens or something doesn't. I had a zing to, uh, uh, two years ago. It was really funny. Uh, I, I know a gal that owns a talent agency. She said, you should do commercials. So I went to a, a guy who teaches how to act in front of a camera. And after two weeks, I said, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 2 when it comes to in- front of acting in the front of a camera he goes yeah that's about right <laughs> I said I'm about a nine when it comes to speaking he goes yeah that's about right <laughs> I said so what am I doing he goes uh, I don't know I said well do you think I could be an actor in front of a camera he goes no <laughs> but at least I knew the door was closed yeah. but I felt the zing to move forward and at least I knew.
0: Tell me some of the highlight events of your speaking career. I know you have worked a lot with different politicians, and you've worked a ton at schools. Do you have any um, times or locations or certain times that really stand out to you? Uh,
1: Actually, the times that really stand out, I mean, yeah, I've spoken in front of 30,000 people Uh. in the Georgia Dome. I went up after... uh, Lou Holtz and Laura Bush was there and Colin Powell and Giuliani and that is nothing compared to what it's like talking to four hundred eighth eighth graders oh. <laughs> and and watching these kids eyes light up mm. and I'm also amazed that they listen to this old guy yeah. they asked me like 11 years ago or 12 years ago could you speak to our four hundred eighth eighth graders I'm going okay I'll give it a shot and then they asked me year after year after year and I, I stopped and I went this is my favorite talk of the whole year.
0: Wow. Not
1: the big groups, not the famous groups, not the big arenas, the kids.
0: And why is that? Is it just kind of the fresh light turning on or the the joy that they maybe exuberate?
1: It's it's watching a light go off in their heads going I never thought of that. Yeah. I when I did, put my first speech together for these kids, I thought what is it I wish I would have known when I was their age? And that's how the talk came together. In fact, as a professional speaker, you're supposed to tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, and then tell them what you told them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't do that. I just, I'm like a shotgun. I go, Yeah. take the part that is best for you.
0: Well, let's talk about the message. Uh, and And before we get to that, I want to make sure that we tell everybody about where they can find you, your website, the book, Instagram. Tell us all about where we can find you.
1: I think the easiest, I used to have people go to bobcattell.com, but nobody could spell my last name. So I went to expertbob.com. Okay. So that takes you to my website, has my TEDx talk on it, uh, how I went from panic to peace. It has uh, a bunch of testimonials on there, has all of my contact information, a phone number you could actually call me. So, and I tell people, if there's a door you can open, open it. I had a guy from Iowa call me and say, how many schools can you do in a day? I said, probably two, because I like to hang around and talk to the kids. He set up twenty schools for me in rural Iowa. Wow. He says, How much are you going to charge? I said, I don't charge schools. I do schools pro bono. He goes, Well, why would you do that? I said, Well, one, I don't need the money. And two, these schools can't afford me. Yeah. And these they're they're always so grateful that I go. And so, um, yeah, expertbob.com. The other thing that's really helpful. I was at a school one time, and the kid goes, You're nobody, you're not on Instagram. <laughs> so now I've got you know about uh, 10,000, 11,000 people following me on Instagram, but it helps me get into the schools. Right. And that's Bob Memory Bob on Instagram. Memory.
0: Okay. The Bob memory on Instagram and expertbob.com. Great. Well, thank you for that. Let's talk about the message. Um, and I mean, you you delve into so many different areas and I want to get into the memory aspect of it also, but um, what is the core of your message right now?
1: You know, what's really funny is it, it it's evolved. Mm-hmm. It evolved. It started with motivation because I read all these motivational books. Then it was memory because it it was memory. And then it was selling my memory stuff. So it was sales and memory. And then it went to uh, motivation again, then it went to inspiration, then it went to mental health. Mm. And so I think the biggest contribution I have right now is mental health, because I had the absolute total breakdown. um, And then I found out about 30 to 40% of the population of our country, especially after COVID, is dealing with the same kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I want them to know they're not the only ones.
0: Right. Well, you, you were speaking from experience, which so many of us are experiencing, as you said. So tell us about some of the things that we can do and we can think about. One of the things uh, from the book uh, that was really powerful for me in reading it is this idea of um, how to get more in the moment. So I wonder if you could share with our audience some of those concepts and, and ways to develop that staying in the moment.
1: Well, what is interesting is um, we as human beings are spending most of our time in the future and in the past. Right. Somebody once said 99% of our thoughts are a total waste of time and they do nothing but freak us out. That's true. Because we're living in a future that hasn't happened or we're reliving a past that's already over. I remember this one girl who was really angry and I said, why are you mad? You know what my sister said to me two days ago? And then she started laughing. I go, why are you laughing? She goes, It's over. The only way for me to get mad is to play a movie in my head that happened two days ago. That's ridiculous. Or one time I was talking to my son. Dad, how's your day going? Uh, It's not going so great. Dad, did you have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes and you've been milking it all day?
0: Oh, that's amazing. That's brilliant.
1: So um, I learned to be more in the moment, which was a process of what would you experience right now without that movie that you're playing in your head that's not even real? like what? Um, What if she never calls me again? What if I don't get the job? What if I don't have enough money when I retire? Why are you worrying about retiring at 64 when you're 24? Mm -hmm. But what what do advertisers do? Let's get you worried about all kinds of stuff. And that's how a lot of money is made.
0: So what do you do now when those feelings, because I mean, that conversation, those things still creep in. Well, maybe you've, Surpassed it, but uh, for me, you know, those things still creep in from time to time. So when you feel that feeling or that movie stop playing, how do you stop it? Do you just tell yourself? I mean, is there a tactic? Uh,
1: It it it, it, it's kind of like a process. It's like how do you become a great basketball player tomorrow? Okay, I mean, there's little pieces you could talk about, but one is just awareness. Thinking about your thinking, going. Oh, I'm in the future.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, wait a second. It's not tomorrow. Oh, it's not next week. It's not retirement. All it's right. not did I die of cancer? It's not what if I get a- in a the the plane goes down so it's one, I think the first step is awareness, yeah, knowing that we catch ourselves thinking about our thinking
0: yeah and one more question about that you know one of the things that I encounter quite a bit is um is worrying about self-value you know well i'm worrying about this it's not so much a movie but maybe it is but uh i'm worrying about this because what if i'm not good enough you know and so how do you what what advice do you have for those thinkers
1: uh well once again that was a process uh he had me have a discussion with somebody who i thought was way better than me yeah Uh, and the guy was the president of a company. And then he had me have a discussion with the guy who was homeless and I talked to him and I looked him in the eye and it's, it's an awareness. It's, I I like the way my one coach said, I can just try to tell you this, but that's not how it works. Mm. It's more like, I'm going to keep pointing till you see it. Mm. It's like math. I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, I get it. You have this epiphany and you see something that you never saw before. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. So it's, it's kind of like, um, I mean, you were not born going, I'm an idiot, right? Right, right. Somebody said that, and the way a, a, a neural pathway forms is we have an emotion and we tie it to a thought. Right. And then we play it. And these tapes play in our head, and I like I like the way um, Michael Singer talks about it. You know that little talking going on in your head. Yeah. You know the little talking that's arguing with the talking. I should get a pizza. No, I'm trying to lose weight. No, really, should go get a pizza. He goes, Which one are you? Yeah. And I found out that I was neither. I was listening to a bunch of tapes that were playing in my head. He goes, By the way, is it in English or Vietnamese? <laughs> and it's and, I, and you know it's when people kind of argue with me a little bit on that, I go, Well. Can you hear music playing in your head sometimes? And I go, are you the music? Uh. Well, no. Can you hear your husband's or your wife's voice in your head? Uh-huh. Are you them? No. Right. You're hearing recordings. So what he teaches, in his book, um, The Untethered Soul. Oh,
0: yes, yeah.
1: Great book to read, The Untethered Soul. He talks about, and he's got a great, um, uh, uh, it, I think it's on YouTube, or you, you just you— Google Michael singer mindfulness 2016 basically when you this stuff starts happening you fall behind it and you observe look at all that chattering going on in my head it's like having this neurotic roommate who follows you around right you're not good enough well who told me I'm not good enough
0: right? Yeah, thank you for that. That's amazing. That's a perfect point for us to ruminate on while I play my first song. Uh, well, I know that you are a memory expert. So I was looking for well uh, titles of songs and artists that sort of tie into that a little bit. So the first song I have is by Emily Wells. And the song is called Remind Me to Remember. You're listening to KSUU Thunder 91.1. All right, everyone. Well, welcome back. That song was Remind Me to Remember by Emily Wells. This is Lynn Vartan. You're listening to the Apex Hour. I am joined in the studio with Bob Cattell. And we are talking about just really way- ways to empower your own thinking um, to to be more present and tools uh, to really achieve your, your best life. Welcome back, Bob. Well, Thank you. (laughs) So one of the things we wanted to get into was was a super powerful part of your book, uh, and that is the concept of the power of pause. And I wondered if you might tell us, what is the power of pause?
1: Well, first of all, I liked asking audiences, um, can somebody make you mad? And everybody thinks somebody can make them mad. And I said, nobody makes you mad. You're triggered. Right. It's like the little boy who says, mommy, where are all the idiot, stupid drivers today? They only come out when your father's driving. Right. Two people see the same thing. One's triggered, one's not. But too many people are trying to blame something outside of them for what's going on inside. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest life changers for me, that I stopped blaming others for what was going on inside of me.
0: But how do you do that?
1: Well, first of all, just being aware of that. Okay. So if I feel triggered, I go, oh. The blood just left my frontal lobe. I'm now going to do and say things I normally wouldn't do or say. So I pause. Okay. And I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody says it's called the three, five, eight second rule. I go, what do you mean? Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You got three seconds to go, oh, and just pause. Because if you sit there and start going, that idiot, that jerk, that at five seconds, your brain goes, oh, you want to be angry? No problem. We can help you with that. And it releases adrenaline and cortisol. And at eight seconds, your blood pressure is up. Your heart rate is up. And now it's going to take you some time to calm down. Oh. So I learned that every time I got triggered at the very beginning of all this, I would pause until I healed that rage that came from my childhood repressed problems.
0: Wow. And so just that awareness to n- notice the second you start to get angry and to stop.
1: Yeah. When the emotion hits, pause, pause, pause. And, and if the other person's angry, pause. Right. Don't say anything. Uh, I have a real good friend. He teaches conflict resolution. He said there's two things you can never win. One is tic-tac-toe if you both know how to play. <laughs> the other is you will never win an argument with somebody who's upset. Because even if you're right, you're wrong.
0: That's very true. I've definitely been in those situations and and they just, they hurt. I mean, that's the thing too. So you're really teaching how to heal yourself, not only in the moment, but hopefully long term, because then you're not creating new scars inside.
1: And it's a good start. And actually, when I was married, um, I always had a rule after six o'clock at night, we don't talk about anything mm. because you've used up a lot of glucose or whatever it is in your brain. Yeah. In fact, you shouldn't make any big financial decisions after six o'clock at night. Wow. And what's really interesting is when you think you have a problem after six o'clock at night in the morning, the problem either went away or it's- that that mountain became a molehill.
0: So that's kind of the same thing as when you a lot of people I know struggle with insomnia, or especially in the last few years, I've heard people talk about it more and more. I'm certainly victim of it. You wake up in the middle of the night, and you're worried. uh, And so these kinds of same principles would apply in those circumstances, I think. Is that true?
1: Uh, I don't know enough about insomnia to speak intelligently to that. Right. There's a lot of things I don't speak very intelligently (laughs) to. Well, well, just ask my
0: kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that it, it makes sense. I mean, when you wake up worried that it's kind of the same kind of thing, you'd, you probably want to just stop and recognize it, pause, that kind of thing. But in conflict with other people, the, the power of pause is amazing. And that's also tied to active and deep listening. You talk about that quite a bit in the book as well. Can you talk about your learning about active and deep listening?
1: Yeah. um, Well, first of all, I I like the questions. When somebody's talking, are you already thinking about what you're going to say next? Human connection's already been broken. Right. Or somebody's talking and you're going to tell them how to fix them as soon as they shut up. Or I can't wait till you be quiet because I got a better story than you do. Yeah. Or I'm going to one-up you. Right. Or... I'm going to judge you. Like if uh, uh, you were to say something and I go, well, that's stupid. I judged you. You're not going to tell me anything after that. So deep listening is being there for the other person just to be there. And that human connection and being able to look into each other's eyes physiologically is powerful. I read in a book somewhere that the the a baby's greatest development – Its brain develops the most by looking into his mother's eyes. Wow. And now what's going on? Mothers are feeding their babies, looking at their smartphones. Well,
0: that's a perfect segue to the next conversation, which is about uh, one of the things, and and I want to make sure to get the title of the book right, because I, I really enjoyed it and I want everybody to know about it. But the book is Enlighten Up. Enlighten Up, Enhance Your Mind, Enhance Your Human Connections, Enhance Your Life by Bob Cattell. And the last name is spelled K-I-T-T-E-L-L. And the tagline is stress less to success, which, oh my gosh, we all need. But one of the things you talk about is... um, the importance of eliminating distractions, again, so that you can be more present in the moment. And one of the biggest distractions that we have is our phones. So can you talk a little bit about what your journey um, has been like with learning about that and also how you speak to that?
1: Well, the first thing is, I found out one of the most important things to calming our minds down is connection. We need human connection and human connection is being able to talk to people, look each other in the eyes, and nobody's doing that anymore. They're looking at their phones. And by the way, multitasking, every time you change your focus, let's say I'm talking to you, you look down at your phone, I'm talking to you, you look at your phone, each time you look somewhere different, it releases cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Right. So the more multitasking, the more cortisol. Every time you get an alert on your phone, you hear, this is, yeah. I've got to pick up that phone, where's that phone? Cortisol is released in your body. Then you get hit with dopamine. Dopamine is one of the most addictive things in our brain. And so I get a like, or I see something I like. Um, I get hit with dopamine. So I heard one neuroscientist say, we have 15th century brains with 21st century technology. Mm -hmm. Our brains are being overstimulated. And when our brain's overstimulated, just like a hairdryer, it shuts down. And that's what depression looks like.
0: Yeah. So we need to, you know, put ourselves on a stimulation diet in a way, get rid of some of that extra stimulation. And you suggest in the book, you know, turning off notifications, which I think is amazing. What other things have you tried that have been helpful?
1: Well, especially with kids, um, to get them off of it, put it in black and white, go to grayscale. Mm. It, It doesn't look as good anymore. So, for, especially for children, with children, they've got to be weaned off it. It's a real addiction. It's like trying to take them off of. Uh, Simon Sinek, I remember him saying, electronics. You handed your kid a smartphone, it's like handing him a bottle of liquor and say, now control yourself.
0: Right. Wow.
1: Kids cannot self regulate themselves before 25 years old in most cases. They can't just say, well, I'm just going to be on my smartphone for 30 minutes and that's it. Kids, don't seem to have that ability to do that. So there's things that we can do to help them. But for ourselves, one of the things I did is I got my car, the, the phone goes in the trunk. Mm. I put all of my uh, alerts, turned them all off. I look at my phone once an hour. In fact, a lot of times when I go out to dinner, I just leave my phone home. I just don't even bring it. Right. And I let all my friends know, I don't look at my phone all the time. So if you really need me, leave a message, I'll call you back.
0: Right, right. That's great. And one of the things you were talking about is how similar to um, uh, casinos our phones are. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know you did a a little bit of reading on how they're like slot machines and how they captivate our attention.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, intermediate variable rewards. Mm. So this is how it works. You have a slot machine. I lose, I lose, I lose, I lose. I win. Ah, I got hit with dopamine which is very addictive. I lose, I lose, I lose, I lose, I lose, I lose, maybe 35 times. I win, even 50 cents, dopamine. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first president of Facebook said, we hacked into the human brain get to get them looking at those phones as much as we can. Yeah. And if you do this, when you're scrolling, they said that's one of the most addictive things they ever learned. What happens when you're scrolling? There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. <gasps> Look at that, yeah, dopamine, nothing, 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 nothing nothing, 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 nothing. dopamine. yeah, they did tests with pigeons uh, a thousand times. They had to be disappointed a thousand times before they finally gave up.
0: Oh my gosh, wow, that's incredible. And when you started putting these practices in place, um you know it it was definitely a process, right? I mean it it took some time because it's hard to put your phone away.
1: Well, it's hard to overcome any addiction, yeah. and that's why it's weaning yourself off of it, not going cold turkey. Uh, going cold turkey, I, I'll tell you this one little story. This this one little kid was sitting there, three years old, and he's he's tied to his, his little smartphone. His mother says, come on down to the front row, and I knew her, so I said, hey, can I tell you a little something I know about smartphones? She said, she said sure, and I showed her an article that said uh, smartphones are making our children Crazy, lazy. And and she goes, That's my son. And she takes the phone away from him. This kid has a fit. I bet. Starts screaming. I said, You should wean him off. Don't just do it. He screamed for 15 minutes. The father came off of the baseball field, goes, What's going on? She goes, I took his smartphone away. He goes, Well, it's about time. Mm. And after about 20 minutes, luckily, he finally gave up and went and played with his friends. Mm-hmm. I looked over and I saw this lady with her two little girls and they're all on their smartphones and she looks over her shoulder at me and goes, I guess I'm just a bad mother. Oh, But the thing is, if you're addicted, it hampers your judgment.
0: Right. And it starts with the parents, right? Because because every generation is addicted. And so the parents also have that same addiction that they have to weed themselves off of, and then wean the kids off of and everybody's busy. I mean, it's daunting, but so important for connection, don't you think?
1: Oh, yeah. And you know, one of the ways I always demonstrate that is I have one of the kids come out of the audience. And I say, pretend I'm your dad. And you want to tell me something. And I just keep blowing them off, looking at my phone, looking at my phone, looking at my phone. And I ask the kid, how does that make you feel? And they go, feels bad. Yeah. I said, do it again. They walk up. Hey, dad, hold on. I put the phone down. I turn around, look him right in the eye, and I listen to him. I said, how does that feel? And they go, it feels really, really nice. And I said, here's why. The most important person on the planet is the one who's right in front of you. Yeah. I even remember reading about Tiger Woods. He said his father- when he asked his dad a question, his dad stopped everything, turned around, got down on one knee, got at his eye level, and listened to his son's every single word till he was done talking.
0: Yeah, that was a part of your talk today that really resonated with me. The person in front of you is the most important person on the planet. And I just think that that's so important. We've all been in those situations where you're at dinner and people are looking at their phones. How do you handle it now that you know these tactics and do them for yourself and have found peace in them? How do you handle it if you are in a group and others are doing that? Does it trigger you? Do you get frustrated? How do you How do you manage that?
1: Well, the first thing I learned is uh, it's not my job to change people. Yeah, it's my job to just love them. Mm. I will. I might bring something up. I might introduce the topic, and if somebody wants to go down that road, I'll talk more about it. They don't want to talk about it. I leave it alone. My son taught me this. He said, dad, every time you gave me advice, it was like saying I'm stupid and I don't know anything. Ah. I went three years not giving him any advice. And then one day he says, dad, I have a question. Right. He was ready to hear it. So one of the things I've learned is, um, you know, you can open up the topic if they want to talk about it. Great. If not, it's not my job to change them.
0: Do you think that's the same for educators as well? I mean, I think about that in my own teaching. I, I think I'm probably guilty of wanting to share so much that I that I want to tell people how to do things and all that. And and so maybe it, do you think it's true also for teaching? You, I, not
1: being in that situation, what I like doing, and and I you know I've substitute taught, I've right. I've had large audiences. I ask them the question. Mm. How many of you have heard that maybe smartphones aren't good for you? Mm -hmm. And a bunch of kids raise their hands. Can I tell you a little bit more about it? And they all shake their heads yes. Right. Now, there might be six or seven kids who shake their heads no okay, I lost six or seven of them. Right. But I see that the majority of them are ready to hear the message.
0: Yeah, that's great. Ask the question. And of course, that could be applied to anything too. I think I'm gonna think about that a little bit more rather than jumping to explain or perhaps over-explain something, but instead ask a question. That's great. Thank you for that.
1: Uh, I have one more thing with a teacher. Please. Um, A really good friend of mine's a fourth grade teacher. And we learned a lot of this together. And one of the third grade teachers said, how are you doing with Charlie this year? She goes, what do you mean? Oh, he's a hellion. How do you even handle him? She goes, he's one of my best students. She goes, what do you do? She goes, well, when the kids walk in, I'm on one knee and I will look at each kid right in the eye and I call him by name and I welcome him to class. Yeah, Because that might be the only connection they get all day.
0: Wow. Okay. That's great advice. Thank you so much. Perfect time for one more song. Uh, I have this song. Uh, I guess memory I was thinking of sort of your past and living and this kind of thing. So the title of this song is Each Time and the artist is Tamino. You're listening to the Apex Hour on KSU Youth under 91.1.
2: This evening Quiet and still Bell stars shine upon A bed of dark red flowers It suits them like it suits us It's where it
0: All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Apex Hour. That song was Each Time by Tamino. And as always, if you're interested in hearing the music that I play on the Apex Hour, there is an open Spotify playlist called Played on Apex Hour. And if you want to check out our website, which is suu.edu slash apex, you can go to the podcast tab, and the Spotify playlist will be there. I am here with speaker author, inspiration, Bob Cattell. The book is Enlighten Up, Enhance Your Mind, Enhance Your Human Connections, Enhance Your Life. Welcome back, Bob.
1: Oh, it's good to be welcome three times. This is awesome.
0: Well, I'm going to welcome you more. Every time I we come back, I'm going to welcome you because it's just fun, you know. Well, one of the questions I had for you is that, you know, in the top of the hour, I mentioned that your generosity with your time and with your knowledge and with your story. Um, you do so many events pro bono for free. You just, um, donate and serve your message. So why do you do that? Um,
1: I think it started after my freshman year of kicking. I didn't do very well. And somehow I accidentally met the all-pro all pro kicker for the Buffalo Bills. And he picked me up every day for a week, took me to Buffalo Bills Stadium and said, you tell your coach you worked with me. And it opened up all these doors. And I thought, why did he do that? He asked for nothing in return. Huh. Another reason is... About 12 years ago, I found out that uh, my doctor calls me and tells me this little tumor he took out of my chest. He said, the lab said it's a metastatic carcinoma, and you have less than a year to live. Wow! Now he was wrong, but I didn't know that for 28 days. Right. So I, I got practical, by the way. I called the dentist and canceled my dentist appointment because I <laughs> thought I'm not going to go there anymore.
0: Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs>
1: but my daughter was really funny. She sits me down. Dad, I heard the news do you have life insurance?
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) She cracks me up.
1: (laughs) Anyway, 28 days later, I find out I'm fine.
0: Right. So
1: I got my dentist appointment back and (laughs) then I took my daughter shopping for clothes because I didn't want her to be set. I wasn't going to (laughs) die. But during that 28 days, um, it was hard. And I love this quote. When you're in a hard place, you might be in the middle of your next inspirational story. Hmm. There was this little girl, this sweetheart, 13 years old, going through chemotherapy for a brain tumor, going through this horrible chemotherapy every week. When she heard about me in that 28 days, she showed up at my door with a plate of cookies, and she said, you call me anytime, day or night. I know what you're going through. I think I can help.
0: Wow. And in
1: that moment, I thought, why can't I do what she just did for me? So because of her, every day I wake up, I ask, Who can I lift today? Who can I inspire today? Mm -hmm. And by the way, she survived. She did. Yes. And um, I walked up to her. This was two years ago at an event. She was there. And I said, uh, Jocelyn, over 1 million people have heard the message of the beautiful little girl who gave me the cookies who changed my life. There's no such thing as a small act of kindness. Each act creates a ripple with no logical end. Yeah. And so I will run into kids at schools or people years later and they go, you have no idea how much that helped. Yeah. So I, I guess that's why I do it. Nobody got where they are by themselves. They got there with the help of others. It's just I don't charge people for it.
0: And you don't feel that pressure you know, to be the financial success in that way from the speaking. It's probably much more rich, the rewards that you're getting this way.
1: Life seems like this is the way it should go. Yeah. If everybody could just give of their own talents freely, I mean, how much further ahead could we be?
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Beautiful. It has not been an easy road all the time. As, as you said, you've had so many different things happen and you've had health scares uh, and traumatic things. And um, this seems like all of these, this work has really changed your life.
1: My daughter, Dolly, back to her again, (laughs) she called me one day, said, Dad, you've been divorced three times. You've had two life-threatening cancers. You've been in a rollover. You saw a car explode right in front of you. You almost died in a... She goes, Dad, what's your biggest regret? And I said, Dolly, you can answer that question for me. She said, Dad, Dad, I can you wouldn't change a thing because you couldn't be who you are today if you hadn't gone through what you went through. Hmm. So I, it's given me empathy. Yeah. Panic, somebody has a panic attack, I know what they're going through. Somebody has depression, I know what they're going through. Yeah. Somebody's in pain, I know. Yeah. And it just gives you a better understanding of how life is
0: right and that question you ask yourself every morning you really do you ask it out loud do you just think it is it now a habit oh
1: i ask it out loud and and i tell people sometimes it was 30,000 people in an arena or 1400 kids in a high school assembly but i promise more often than not it's the lady behind the counter her name's linda and i make her smile every single day
0: oh that's amazing and uh, I guess we should say it sounds it sounds amazing but it's probably still hard work also for you right we for those of us who are still struggling in the trenches we we hear your story and say like oh this is where I want to be but it seems like it's so easy for him but it's probably still hard work some days
1: Oh I I was just got through telling you know a a class I I just went through a major trauma in the last 6 months and I found another layer of yuck that was inside uh, and another attachment problem inside. Mm. And I went, oh, okay, well, I had a four-year respite where I went, oh, I, I have no panic. I have no pain. The absence of pain is really nice. Right. Well, you know what? Instead of working on trying to be happy, work on learning how to navigate life. Yeah. There's the ups, there's the downs. That's what life is. It's like this big roller coaster. But if you're on the roller coaster and you're at the bottom, the way you screw everything up, get out of the car and try to fix it. Just sit in the car. You're going to go back up again.
0: Right. And that's that sort of just stay calm, let things unfold and, and something will get better.
1: It, you know what? It's so far in life that I I, I asked this question, what happens after every single storm?
0: Well, Clear sky.
1: Okay. Or take the snow globe. Yeah, shake it up. Right. Or if you shake it all up, can you think clearly? Can you see clearly through that snow globe?
0: Not well, when you shake it, but no. after it does. But what
1: did you have to do to have it calm down?
0: Let it sit there.
1: Power of pause. Yeah. You let it sit there and eventually it'll calm down. And then, oh, now I get it. Now right. I know what to do.
0: Right. Well, one of the last things that I wanted to ask you is is actually about some resources. I know that you have just done extensive reading. Do, are there any um, other books? And we should, again, mention the title of yours, Enlighten Up, Enhance Your Mind, Enhance Your Human Connections, Enhance Your Life, Bob Cattell. Uh, and are there any books that you really recommend that we talked about, The Untethered Soul? Are there any other favorites that that you have right now?
1: Uh, some of the most powerful ones are "Lost Connections," right? Uh, by Hari, it came out in the last few years. Byron Katie, "Loving What Is." Instead of it's like we're in heaven. I mean, we're in heaven right now. This is perfect, right? Yeah. Except for the thought that kicks us out of heaven. What if I don't make my flight tomorrow? What if I? What if the weather changes? What? If, we're in heaven right now, yeah. and she teaches that. Oh. Uh, another great book, "The Inside Out Revolution" by uh, Michael Neal. And he talks about life happens from the inside out, not the outside in. Yeah. So, um, those are some of the ones right off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Or you know what? Send me an email. I'll give you a picture of all of my favorite books and how I got to where I I got.
0: Great. Remind us one more time of your website and your Instagram handle.
1: Okay. expert. Bob.com, dot com. E X P E R T B O B. dot com. That'll get you to my website with all my information, my TEDx talk. Um, I, actually on YouTube, you can watch my entire high school assembly, which talks a l- a lot about the principles we're talking about here today in in order. Um, and you know what? If you can follow me on Instagram, Bob Memory. It's just helpful to get me into the schools.
0: Yeah. Well, I always have one last question for my guests, and it's really just a playful one that is, uh, you know, just sort of fun. And it's what's turning you on this week. It can be a book or a movie or a TV show or a food that you had or just something fun for our listeners. So Bob Cattell, what's turning you on this week?
1: My favorite thing in the whole world is doing what I'm doing today, standing in front of others and watching the little lights go on in their heads and go, what did you learn today?
0: Wow, that's beautiful. So you really are living the passion for what you do. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, Again, please check out the book. It's awesome. And we didn't even really get into the memory techniques. There's so many amazing things that you share in the book um, and also are available on your website. So thank you so much for being here and for interacting with me today. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for us this week, everyone. We will see you very, very soon. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSU Thunder Under 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3pm for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu slash apex. Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.